0: So Joseph finds himself in Egyptian bondage, sold off by the hands of his own siblings, which stem from an ancestry of turmoil, division, chaos, deception, and all sorts of other sinful practices, uh, which unfortunately, of course, resulted into this very moment where Joseph is now imprisoned Uh, in an Egyptian uh, uh, location uh, as a result of immediate context in regards to chapter 39 in Genesis, where Joseph, the employee of a man named Potiphar, or understood as Potiphar, which would have been the uh, Egyptian officer to Pharaoh, and the captain of the bodyguard there in verse 1 of chapter 39. And because the Lord was with Joseph in verse 2, of course, Joseph became a successful man and was given great responsibility. He was seen with integrity and uh, of good reputation, integrity and a dignity and, uh, and such Uh, that uh, he was given a position of priority within this court. But it so happens that Potiphar's wife was a woman whose um, sexual exploits sought the ambitions of Joseph's Flesh And Joseph wanted no part of that, knowing it would be a sin against his God and also against his master, which would be Potiphar. And uh, he stayed away from that. But she uh, pinned him down one day and he ran off and she saw the opportunity to slander him, demonize him, to bear false witness against him, to practice all kinds of uh, deception, uh, to uh, stain his good integrity and reputation. And of course, Her husband, Potiphar, which would have been Joseph's employer, uh, he chose to uh, side with his wife. When he should have not sided with his wife, he should have been the man of the house, if you will, and uh, set things straight and have a, a fair trial where evidence could have been proven or provided to give account. And uh, so that's what we looked at in our past session. Last week, over in chapter 39, we saw Joseph uh, being successful in Egypt, of course, by the hand of God. And we saw how, sadly, Potiphar's wife, which would have been Joseph's employer, tried to snare him in uh, fornication, adultery, and Joseph wanted no part of that. So she, in turn, becomes hostile towards him and against him and lies against him, which resulted in Joseph being imprisoned. Yet still, while imprisoned, the providence of God moving forward in accordance to his will allowed Joseph to uh, be successful even while imprisoned. And we kind of looked at the practical applications to our faith during that session. And I encourage you once again to go to the archived video locations where you can follow up on those uh, accounts, those witnessed and recorded accounts. And so it finds itself now in chapter 40, for you and I today, uh, an important point also. While Joseph was imprisoned uh, and successful by the hand of God, therein keeping his integrity, his dignity, his uh, uprightness, uh, he, of course, uh, became, uh, well, let me just ch- see here, the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge, all the prisoners, so Joseph was in favor with uh, the chief jailer. Now, the chief jailer, of course, uh, did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge, so on and so forth, and then we saw in chapter 40, uh, Joseph interpret a dream, and, of course, that was the dream to the chief jailer and the cupbearer, and, uh That came true in the accuracy of the interpretation that Joseph had revealed to uh, the chief jailer and the cupbearers. He then it came about after these things, verse 1 of chapter 40, "...the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt." And, uh, of course, Pharaoh was furious about that, and things took place, and these two had dreams, and Joseph interpreted the the dreams most accurately. One was to be uh, publicly executed. That's exactly what happened to him. The other was going to find favor in Pharaoh's eyes again and uh, be located within the courts, given or reinstated to his responsibilities. And what's very interesting is, of course, Joseph... Once having given the interpretation, which comes from God, uh, to uh, the cupbearer and the chief, um, well, what does it say? Then it came about that these things, the cupbearer and the baker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There it is. The chief jailer did not supervise anything, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm just recapping here from, from uh, chapters prior, uh, but if you want all the intricate details, you have to go to the archived video uh, podcast. Then it came about after these things, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord. Okay, so it's not the, the chief jailer. It was, uh, I hadn't misunderstood that there. Uh, the the cupbearer and the baker, the offended pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So Pharaoh, Pharaoh was furious. This is chapter 40 now. We're just recapping to get us uh, up to speed with the context and what's taking place with Joseph, uh, where we we will be found in chapter 41 today. In chapter 41, I may have said chapter 40, if so, forgive me. But in chapter 41 will be the bulk of our uh, scripture portion for the study session today. But chapter 40, then it came about that these things, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was furious with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. Okay. Um, So, again, they were sent to prison. Well, who's in prison? Joseph's in prison. Remember the portion of chapter 39, verses 19 to 23. Joseph is imprisoned because Potiphar's wife, which is Joseph's employer, lied about Joseph. She was seeking things that Joseph was not going to give her, and so she turns against him and makes her husband believe the lies, so her husband brings Joseph to the prison. While in prison, God is still with Joseph, and so the chief jailer, of course, committed to Joseph's charge, all the prisoners, so Joseph once again exceeding his peers and becoming a man of responsibility. This now bleeds into chapter 40, where it came about that after those things, uh, that Joseph was in prison and had become successful in prison as well, the cupbearer and the baker uh, to the king of Egypt offended their lord, and they were sent to the prison where Joseph was. And if you read this over and over again, you'll see uh, how quite fascinating God's providence truly is when activated uh, towards his will to have things happen in just cause. And also, in accordance to man's free will, it shows the depth of power and authority God truly has to know all of us uh, in such a way, blessing us with free will to choose to follow him or not, to do what's right or to do what's wrong. Yet still, with our free will, God's will is done, his testament achieved, accomplished. And in here, chapter 40 of Genesis these two, the cupbearer and the baker, are set in prison, and they have a dream while in prison. And Joseph, well, he knows how to interpret the dream, and so he does. Now, uh, which one was it that was, let me see here. To Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Okay, so the chief cupbearer was the one that was going to be reinstated to his office. He was. Joseph told him, when you are, tell Pharaoh about me and he didn't he didn't the baker was executed the the cupbearer was reinstated to his position he was to remember joseph but he didn't yet the chief cupbearer did not remember joseph but forgot him verse 23 chapter 40. so a quick recap to the to the account here before we get into chapter 41 where we'll we will see now pharaoh's dream and you can see how this connects together if joseph through The Lord being with him, successful, interpreting the dreams of these two individuals, one who came to be executed, one who was reinstated in a position of responsibility. Well, now we bleed into chapter 41, where we see Pharaoh's going to have a dream and is going to need interpretation. And we remember in practical application how important it is that you and I seek the right source of authority, religious authority, When we have questions of interpretation, the Bible is its best own interpretation. Why? Because it is the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. Men governed by God wrote this information. 40 men in a span of about 15 to 1600 years. I can't remember which one accurately, I have not done those studies in a while. But 15 to 1600 years in our Humanity and the history of mankind came together, these 40 men from different locations, different times, and wrote with inspiration the 66 books of the Holy Bible, known to us in the 39 of the Old and the 27 of the New. We learn from the 39 of the Old, yet we live under the law of the 27 books of the New, the law of mercy and grace, the law of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, the last stewardship of time, the last dispensation of time, That's why we call these the end days, if you will, or the last days. It's the age of the Messiah, the age of the Christ, the Christians. There is no other age to come. There is but the promise, which is the return of our Lord and Master in the sky, when the trumpets sound, and all who are faithful in him to be with him eternally, and all who are not found faithfully to him to be judged eternally. Okay, so chapter 41, Pharaoh's Dream. Let's get into it. Before that, housekeeping, please consider giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, drop a comment, all that kind of good stuff helps support the Added Souls ministry, which involves obviously this podcast session. We go live from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. We also go live Saturday evenings on the Added Souls Facebook page at 7 p.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. You can kindly consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. That's our freedom community. You can support us there. There's also the PayPal option. Or you can reach out to me for a physical address. Please consider that. It's a good work and it helps uh, uh, the family have food, shelter, and clothing as we labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada, in this wonderful mission field with great potential and responsibility, we labor along the East Coast Church of Christ. And you can check out the .com or our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. My name is Stefan Maillet. My website is addedsouls.com. Is that good? Good stuff. Chapter 41, Genesis. Let's get into this, shall we? Now, it happened at the end of two full years... Two full years, right? Two years has taken place. Years are taking place here. Uh, That Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing by the Nile. This is chapter 41, verse 1, now going into verse 2. And lo, from the Nile there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, verse 3, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt. And they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows, verse 4, ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. Whew, what a dream. What was that all about, right? <laughs> Again, if you're seeking interpretation to a dream and you find yourself in the generation of uh, this age in Genesis, you would want to find someone like Joseph because Joseph, of course, the Lord was with him and it made him successful. He could have the interpretive uh, knowledge to give the information Pharaoh would so desperately seek Don't go to individuals who would not have the authority to speak the proper or accurate interpretation. So here is Pharaoh, of course, a very strange dream, and he awakes from this dream. Now in verse 5, he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Okay, so now he goes into a second dream, and behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump. And good. And in verse six, then behold, seven ears thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up after them. Verse seven the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So from these two dreams, not having the interpretive power that would be or bestowed upon Joseph, um, we could recognize a few things, obviously, that something good is going to be devoured by something bad. Let's keep going, shall we? Now, in the morning, his spirit, verse 8, was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. You and I today could say, well, I don't know what this verse means or this chapter. I've been reading and studying the Bible best I can, and I know the information's in there. I know the context is in there, and with enough time, I could come to know what it's all about, but maybe someone prior to my experience with the Bible has done these studies and could perhaps out of expediency help me understand what it means. If we go to the wrong location, we will have wrong answers or individuals who simply cannot interpret the text in accordance to the doctrine therein and will get the wrong answers and be led astray, deceived. You see how important it is for one to have independent faith to his or her accountability. What we have in the ocean of religious deception out there are individuals who do not take the priority and responsibility to have independent faith with the Holy Bible. And so they rely on an individual who sees that weakness, takes advantage of it, and becomes the gatekeeper. That could be the Pope, the priest, the reverend, The pastor, the preacher, could be mom and dad, could be neighbors, co-workers, friends, family, don't matter. It will become a natural man to make himself or herself the oppressing tyrant. We have to have independent faith. Think for ourselves. You see, here is Pharaoh. He's had dreams. He wants answers. He needs to take a hold of independent thought and find a location or an individual source where the interpretive authority is accurate, revealing what his dreams meant. In practical application for you and I today, we are no longer communicated through dreams, but through the perfect law of liberty, the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. God breathe literature. What does it mean? Well, keep reading. The Bible is its best interpreter, but I want to do things quicker. Can't somebody who's done these studies help me out? Well, if sh- well, certainly. Acts chapter 8, Philip the evangelist there set on a mission to speak to a man of great responsibility, the Ethiopian eunuch, who had a portion of Scripture and wanted to know what it was all about. And so Philip, of course, uh, accommodated that honest and sincere request. It's not that the Ethiopian eunuch would not have come to know with the literature to be written, but a man who was available working for our Lord and Master there set forth... The answers that the Ethiopian eunuch was looking for. You and I may be reading some scriptures and want to know what they mean. What does John 3, 3 mean? What does it truly mean to be born again out of water and the Spirit? What does Mark sixteen sixteen mean? Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe shall be damned. If we go to the wrong locations, if we go to the wrong sources, we're going to get the wrong answers and be led astray. But if we go to the Bible, and those who have been pure and honest, sincere and submissive to the text, who have been studying it with great transparency, then perhaps we can find expediency. For instance, way back in 2011 now, when I chose to follow Jesus and have answers to all the questions, uh, there were many times I would read the Scriptures and find myself in uh, confusion. What do these verses mean? I have absolutely no idea. I can formulate my own interpretation, but they might be wrong. So I kept reading and kept reading, and some answers were being revealed, but it wasn't quick enough. Maybe somebody out there also, like me, has done these studies prior to me. There has to be. The scriptures have been given to us in its completion now for thousands of years. And, of course, lo and behold, I found locations with the... (laughs) ingenuity of the internet age, I was able to find locations like Apologetics Press and GBN. And I was like, wow, what they are saying and what they are writing, what they are teaching and preaching, I can find in the Bible, rightly handled. So all they were doing really is pointing me back to the Bible, and there it was, the answers. Here's Pharaoh. He wants answers. Do his magicians have answers? His wise men have answers? Do these godless heathens or pagans, whose life is drenched in superstition, myth, and all sorts of elaborate, sensational ordeals, have the answers to the dreams? Well, no, they don't. (laughs) Who does? You and I know the answer. Joseph does. Why? Verse 2, chapter 39, "...the Lord was with Joseph." So he became a successful man. Okay, so here's Pharaoh. He has these dreams. Now, it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. He had two dreams. The dreams are revealed, and you and I can tell at this point something good was devoured by something bad, right? Okay, so now in the morning his spirit was troubled, so he sent and called for all his magicians of Egypt and all its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams— but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Verse 9, chapter 41, Genesis. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Two years have passed by, right, since Joseph told this man, Hey, do you mind (laughs) speaking of me in good favor to Pharaoh? Because I'm the one who interpreted your dream accurately. okay so Pharaoh was furious in verse 10 with his servants and he put me in confi- or sorry and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. We had a dream on the same night he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now, a Hebrew youth. So, of course, again, he's explaining, this cupbearer is explaining his story to Pharaoh because, well, it's beneficial for him at this point. It's beneficial at this point because if I give Pharaoh what he's looking for, then maybe I get to be important. See, it wasn't before. Because he didn't care much about Joseph. He used Joseph. People will use you that way. Be careful about that. Now, a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard. And we related them to him, our dreams to him. And he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one, his, he interpreted according to his own dream. So he was able to take the dream in its respected context and interpret it properly, rightly handled, well, 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 what do you know? Interesting how that is. What does Paul mean in Ephesians chapter 2 when he speaks of the word works? Do you know what that what he means there? What about James? When James speaks about works in James chapter 2? Ephesians chapter 2, Paul speaking about works. James chapter 2, speaking about works, could the same word mean two different things for two different time, places, contexts? Well, yeah. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is rebuking the Christians for their eagerness to return into Judaism for justification of their salvation. And they are rebuked for that. No, you weren't saved by the ordinances of Jewish tradition. You weren't saved by the law of Moses. You were saved by Jesus Christ, by faith, grace, faith, mercy, all these things. No, no. But in James chapter 2, one who has an active faith, is one who produces actions and practices of benevolence. You see, there's a difference. And the scriptures interpret the scriptures. And with time and study and a humble and honest heart, you'll come to know that. And while you come to know that, you'll also recognize those who have been teaching you falsehoods, religious error, in regards to what Ephesians chapter 2 really means, and James chapter 2, what that really means. So, here is Pharaoh. He's had two dreams. He's called all these individuals to understand his dream. None of them have an answer. This individual here, the uh, cupbearer, chief cupbearer, he sees the opportunity to further his selfish ambition. Well, I know a man Yeah, you had to wait two years for that one? Well, now it's become useful to me. Oh, right, right, right. So here he is speaking to Pharaoh in regards to Joseph, who's capable of interpreting dreams. Not only was he capable of interpreting the cupbearer's dream, but he was also capable of interpreting the baker's dream, and both to its own context and uh, uh, outcome. (laughs) one to be reinstated in an office of responsibility next to Pharaoh, and the other one to be publicly executed. It's important not to mix up the interpretations, because if Joseph would not have been a man of God, humble to the text, he would have interpreted the wrong dream to the wrong person, and had one of them believe himself to be publicly executed, when in fact he was going to be reinstated, and the other who would think himself to be reinstated publicly executed. You see what kind of a mess that would have made. Well... Follow the train of thought. Today, if you are reading the scriptures and someone is leading you astray, you might find yourself headed towards eternal punishment, yet firmly convinced in your conscience that you're headed towards eternal eternal life. You see how much of a problem that could how much of a problem that could be in consequence? Of course. If we're honest and humble to the information and the principle, we can certainly see the value on how important it is that we understand the interpretation accurately. Look at what Joseph's siblings made his father believe that Joseph was devoured by a wild beast. Friends, we can be deceived, and we can deceive ourselves when reading the scriptures void of the context and the author's intent for our mind and lives. If we don't understand what Paul meant to the brethren in Ephesus chapter 2, we might miss what Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, What the Holy Spirit wrote in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. I'm telling you, it's important stuff. Christianity is an educated religion. Despite what the world out there in its vain lip service tries to portray, Christianity is an educated religion. Okay, so here we have Pharaoh being furious. No one has an answer or interpretation to his dreams. The cupbearer sees the opportunity. For his ambition, he comes forward, says, Oh, by the way, I know a guy named Joseph. He interpreted our dreams very accurately. Now, a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard, and we related them to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me in my office but he hanged him, the other guy. It happened just as he spoke it and interpreted it. Interesting, isn't it? Again, friends, please consider liking, sharing, giving a comment, subscribing, following. All those wonderful things support the added soul's work further so that we can find other souls like you and I who really, really love this kind of stuff. Gives us the purpose in life set forth by the great I Am. Please consider, if you are willing and able, to sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up. You can, once there, choose to support. No amount is too low, no amount is too high. It supports the Maye family as we labor alongside in this mission field, the East Coast Church of Christ. And when you sign up to addedsouls.locals.com, you will have exclusive content there as well. That's how I, quote-unquote, build tents, if you will. Is that good? Okay, we move forward here in chapter 41 of Genesis. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Obviously. He wants to find out. And they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he he came to Pharaoh. You must be presentable before the king, obviously. It's just, can we not give glory to God? God has seen this take place, this account of Joseph prior to even forming Adam and Eve. God has seen the account and history of mankind from Alpha, Omega, beginning, and he sees, he has seen it all. It's just tremendous, the noteworthy information we read as per the providence of God and how he in his nature operates. Sometimes you and I, we, we, we don't have enough patience. We lose patience. God will take two years to achieve something. God will take 200 if he wants to. Look at how many years he took to complete the perfect law of liberty. 1,500 years? 1,600 years? To him? But a day. If that, again, God is above and beyond time. You and I are submissive to the natural law. We are living in time. We're out of time. Got enough time? Interesting, isn't it? How Joseph had to control his thoughts, his emotions, be temperate and recognize the providence of God unfolding. Two years now. Okay. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. He's now presentable before Pharaoh. So Pharaoh says to Joseph in verse 15, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you, that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph could have been tempted into pride. Oh yeah, you're right, it is me. I am quite the scholar, actually. Uh, I know all things, I know it all. (laughs) Joseph could have been corrupted with selfish ambitions. Many brethren, sadly, fall prey to pride, selfishness, their own fleshly desires. Joseph could have fallen prey. Here he is before the king. His opportunity, just like the cupbearer before him, right? Oh, here's the opportunity for my selfish desires, my ambitions. Oh, now's the time to mention Joseph two years after the fact. Joseph could have seen this opportunity and and used it for his own gain. Sadly, many Christians do that, some of which call themselves evangelists, gospel preachers. You see them on their podcast. Some of them are elders. We must remain humble. Why is Joseph before the king? How did he get there? God, who gave him... authority to interpret the lord was with joseph so he became a successful man nothing we have and do nothing nothing that we have and do is operational in our own selves. it's all because god loves us and allows us to work for him you have food shelter and clothing god did that you have employment god did that you can read the bible you've come to study it believe it obey it you've been saved by jesus god did that you find yourself in a faithful local assembly of humble like-minded christians you're growing numerically you're finding renewals you're, you you have baptisms you, you're seeing All the wonderful fruit being produced, you didn't do that. God did that. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. What must I do to be saved? Well, let's go to the word of God because I can't save you. See, that was the problem with the Pharisaical. The Pharisaical, and I repeat this, and I'll keep repeating it, the Pharisaical thought salvation was in the law. And because they thought they knew the law, they thought salvation was in themselves, giving them the power to condemn who they want to condemn for their own selfish gain. They were greedy. They were corrupt. They were self-righteous prideful brutes. Joseph, quite different, gives us an example of humility, yet with courage, as he answers a man capable of executing him at any time. It is not in me God will give Pharaoh's favorable answer. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph. In my dream behold I was standing on the bank of the Nile. And remember why Joseph is saying in which source the dream could be interpreted. Pharaoh don't follow God, do he? He's an Egyptian. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph in my dream, behold, I was standing on the bank of the Nile and behold, seven cows, fat and sleek came up out of the Nile and they grazed in the marsh grass. Lo, even other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such as I had never seen for ugliness in all the land of Egypt. And the lean and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows. And in verse 21, yet when they had devoured them, it could not be detected that they had devoured them, for they were just as ugly as before. Then I awoke. So here's Pharaoh giving Joseph the dream. Verse 22, I saw also in my dream, and behold, seven ears, full and good, came up on a single stalk. And lo, verse 23, seven ears withered thin and scorched by the east wind spouted, or sprouted, sorry, up after them. And the thin ears swallowed the seven good ears. Then I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. And in verse 25, Joseph says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Interesting, isn't it? The source is God, and a very specific God, the unique God of the Bible, the living God. Verse 26. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows That came up after them are seven years, and the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. God now mentioned by Joseph three times. Joseph at no time usurped authority over God's communication. It's not about Joseph. Joseph remains in humble posture with integrity, upright before his God and before his king. It's about God. God has something to communicate. It is as if I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. And behold, verse 29, seven years of great abundance are coming in all the land of Egypt. And after them, seven years of famine, 14 years, will come. And all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will ravage the land. Verse 31, so the abundance will be unknown in the land because of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. Now, as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God, and God will quickly bring it about. God again mentioned four times now. Now, let Pharaoh look for a man... Discerning and wise, verse 33, and set him over the land of Egypt. God spoke. God is the source of salvation. God is the source of information you need to know. Once you receive, accept, and believe, and act upon that, here is what you need to act upon. Here's the remedy. Here's the solution. Now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh, verse 34, take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land, and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Squirrel up, man. Famine is coming. But before famine comes, we're going to have seven years of plenty. So from the seven years of plenty, be sure to set inventory, storage, For the seven years in which a severe famine will take place. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming, verse 35, and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority, and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the famine. Now, verse 37, the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. That makes sense to me. We are wise to always prepare for a rainy day, right? As we so commonly speak in our dialect of the Quote-unquote modern age. Prepare for a rainy day. Have yourself some uh-oh money. We live in some very challenging times, do we not? Fallen nations on the brink of war. Great immorality. Division and chaos. Riot. Sin. Lawlessness running rampant in public day-to-day life out where, in where, everywhere. I think we'd be wise to know a famine's coming. Start storing. Spiritually speaking, in priority. Be sure to be right with God and be sure to go to the right source to know what God wants from you and I today. That's the Bible. For Pharaoh, that was Joseph. And Joseph is telling him, It ain't from me, it's God. (laughs) You and I may be able to teach this book, the Bible. But you and I, we're just pointing folks to the source, the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? So the next portion here, Joseph, of course, is made a ruler of Egypt. And I think we'll save that one for next session because I want to be able to take the time necessary from verse 38 to verse 57, which would conclude the chapter there. But uh, thus far, we've had a good session. A lot of things revealed from Joseph and the account written. Truly, again, fascinating where God's providence can set forth an opportunity where Joseph, a Hebrew, is now before a king Pharaoh of Egypt and found in good favor because he was the only one capable of interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. And he gave credit to God. You and I are wise to do the same when God puts us in positions of opportunity. It could be before sociopolitical influencers. It could be before presidents and prime ministers. And kings and queens. It could just be before our neighbors, co workers, and friends, family. We are wise to remain humble. I think Joseph learnt through sorrow the deep meaning of humility. He began as a young and arrogant man. Now, Recognizing life experience, God blessed him and God was with him, making him successful wherever he went. You and I will be successful for God if we put God first wherever we go. Commitment and recognizing God's providence don't run on our time and dime. We may be found in some very severe and challenging uh, moments in our life. It may take ten years before God calls us out of certain situations. We need to have an open mind to learn and to recognize. Correct? Does that seem fair? Am I speaking fairly with you? Seasoned, balanced. Is this not truly interesting to you as it is to me? This ancient book written thousands of years ago, of an age and time in which God directly intervened with man and setting forth his ancestral lineage to the sun in which you and I now live after the fact. I don't know, man. I've looked at everything else in life. I've looked for all the answers the world had to offer me, and nothing nothing would even come close to size up to this information. Truly, so much to learn. It makes sense that Paul would say we need to go to these locations in the Bible and learn. Certainly, certainly. Treacherous things taking place, treacherous, deceitful individuals, worldly individuals all around us, even to Joseph's own siblings, his own brothers, wanting to murder him, filled with bitterness and jealousy, greed and control and pride, to dealing with the foreigners, the Egyptians of high reputation and power. Joseph is found through all this experience and remains upright to his God. And you and I can learn a great deal from that. We may find ourselves betrayed by our own siblings. We may find ourselves the recipients of great sorrow and trauma at the hands of individuals perhaps we thought were our friends. There are many wolves in sheep's clothing. There are many of them who creep in unnoticed, who cause great damage. But we can persevere through that if we are with God and God with us and we follow the proper interpretation because we know the source of proper interpretation. So many things that could be said further. Good stuff? You guys all right? Everything going okay with you all this day? Huh? I hope so. You are appreciated. You are loved. You are not alone. You are prayed for. We truly uh, are honored. To have you. Interacting with us. Studying with us. It's a blessing. Truly, it is. It's comforting. It's motivational. It's encouraging. No doubt. It builds us up together. The world out there, man, is fallen and it is confused, isn't it? It really is. You don't need to go too far these days to see the chaos we are currently having to navigate through. Isn't it wonderful that we can take a bit of time each day, you and I together, and find common salvation, common ground, like-minded judgment? Of course. Me and my family, the Maya family, have been truly blessed by so many of you who support us in prayer, in kind thought, in financial... Support. It allows us to have food, shelter, and clothing as we practice Matthew six thirty three, and it has allowed us to be operational in the mission for a decade plus strong, and all the wonderful works and experiences we've had. We labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. You can check out the dot com East Coast Church of dot com. We have a Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. My personal website is addedsouls.com. dot com please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up. You can support there and know my, uh, you can support there and become the recipient of uh, exclusive content. And then again, it, it, it just helps the work. And um, that's a beautiful thing. You can reach out to me. We can have a phone call. We can have a video chat, we can have email exchange. Uh, any concerns you have or any information you're seeking is available. Everything is transparent, honest, and upright. We've worked hard to keep that integrity. So when slanderers and liars, professional deceivers, come along and try to tarnish our name, it will only fall on the ears of the prideful, of the corrupt. But the humble, they don't want to hear none of that. You've known us for a while, haven't you? Of course. We know each other a great many times personally. Wonderful information, Genesis chapter um, forty-one. Lord willing, next session, next week on Wednesday, we will look at Joseph being made the ruler, a ruler of G- Egypt, and the sons of Joseph. That should be that should be very interesting as well. We go live Monday to Friday, ten a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. On Mondays, I upload my uh, sermon session from Sunday. On Tuesdays, we analyze the lyric. On Wednesdays, here we are studying the scriptures. On Thursdays, it's a topical trip. We pick a topic. We discuss the topic. On Friday, uh, we do socio-political conversation, current events, and things like that. Through, of course, a Christian worldview. And on Saturday evenings, we have ourselves the Back to the Bible Q&A session with my brother, Andre Moore. And you can find us at 7 p.m. Atlantic Daylight Time on the Added Souls Facebook page. Is that good? We are all over the place audio-wise, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, everything. You name it, we're there. Check out the location you'd prefer. We stream live on Twitter, on YouTube, on Rumble, on Facebook. Uh, So you can find us everywhere is there. Our biggest channels are on Rumble and on Facebook. Added Souls on Facebook is our uh, biggest channel there. But I also have my personal profile. You can follow me on Facebook, Stefan Ashmaier. You'll see the certified blue check mark there telling you all that, yeah, it's really me. We need to do that these days, right? How crazy is that on social media? Because individuals who are corrupt or bots, if you will, can just hijack your pictures and create profiles and go on trying to fraudulently manipulate people or whatever. But uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff we have to navigate through in this uh, social media world, right? All right, man. Stay focused. Stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow uh, we shall see each other. Peace out.